the 90s? Let's kick it. They were weird. Read my lips. No new Lots of twists. It's morphin' time! And turns. Life was like a box of chocolates. Somebody stop me! Some of it was really good. And... Some wasn't. But through it all, we had the NBA. It's time for 90s Slam. Welcome to episode two of 90s Slam. Today we are covering Space Jam. You've been waiting all week for it, but we're finally here. It's time to talk some Space Jam. I'm Scott. With me, as always, is Chris. Hey, Scott. Good to be back. Chris, all right. We've got How... a different seating arrangement. We were sitting right next to each other last time, and you know, our knees would touch each other every now and then. If you miss it, we and... can we can tighten back up. Well, you know, I'm kind of hitting against the table leg and just remembering you. Oh. <laughs> are you trying to say my legs are bony and nasty? I'm not. I'm just saying that... Uh, uh, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> he was saying that, everyone, for the record. But that's okay. I know. I'm I know. speaking volumes with my eyes. <laughs> there's there's a reason all of my videos are shot from like the shoulders or chest up. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. I don't show show the legs. Um, well, anyways, after all of that, welcome to this episode. If you're still with us today, we are going to be talking about Space Jam. Came out in 1996. Uh, it was based on a commercial that came out a couple years earlier. Check out our Instagram or our YouTube and catch, uh, catch the video that we made about the commercial. Uh, pretty informative stuff. But before we get into the movie, Chris, let's, let's talk about what was going on around the movie. As we do, let's talk about the year 1996. The year 1996. One of the several years in the 90s. Lots of things happened this year. Uh, uh, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl on right. January 28th, they they uh, prevailed over Bill Cowher's Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and then, sadly but fittingly for, for this episode, on February 29th, Daniel Green was convicted of murdering James Jordan. Ooh, James Jordan will pop up as a character in the movie, yep. uh, but not actually played by James Jordan for reasons that Chris just laid out. Yes, yes. And uh, on the subject of murder... On uh, March 19th, 1996, the Menendez brothers were found guilty of murdering their parents. Which is awesome because that was a huge cultural thing at the time. So much so that it was the B-plot, basically, of the movie Cable Guy. Mm. Did you, do you remember the movie Cable Guy? Vaguely, vaguely. So ben Stiller directed it, and he put in uh, just kind of like a running B-plot that people are watching on TV of these, these murderous twin brothers uh, that are meant to be their interpretation of the Menendez brothers. Oh, yeah, now I remember that. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's like crying on the stand, and you know he's like acting. He's left a really phony phone call. It was, it was good. It's good. It's worth checking out if you like Jim Carrey or Ben Stiller or Matthew Broderick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also one of Jack Black's first movies. Um, but speaking of the Menendez brothers, really quick, I just want to drop this in really quick. Yeah. This is a fun fact about the Menendez brothers. 
in uh, the year the year that they murdered their parents, um, I think it was ninety three or maybe even ninety two. The year that they did it, they in between the murder and getting arrested, they went to an NBA basketball game. They sat courtside at Madison Square Garden, and if you have the Mark Jackson card from that year's set, you can see the Menendez brothers sitting in the background. I actually had that card as a kid, and I have a picture of it that I will post to our Instagram. So if you're curious, <laughs> you can see the Menendez brothers enjoying some quality 90s NBA basketball right before they get arrested. Yeah, dang. What, a, what an image to capture. Um, well, still on the subject of violence and mayhem, on April the 3rd, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, was arrested in Montana. Mm-hmm. And um, on a more upbeat note, on April 16th, the Bulls won their 70th game of the season, wow. breaking the Lakers' um, single-season wins record. Yep. And um, just two months later, on June 16th, they won their fourth championship over the Seattle C- Supersonics. Uh, great team, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. And um, then... Further on in sporting news, the 1996 Olympics kicked off on July 19th in Atlanta. Um, that was the great U.S. women's gymnastics year with the landing the vault on one leg. Uh, Michael Johnson wearing the golden spikes. So cool. I, I will never forget him running in those. That, that was dude, very, very yeah, cool. Man, what a confident dude he was. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll play a little game later. So we'll see if Scott can name all the members of the second dream team. I am not confident, but I will do my best. What are we talking about? Maybe 12. I think there's maybe 12 men on the roster. So I will, I will do my best and uh, I will let you down. (laughs) No, I think you're going to get them all but one. We'll see. (laughs) Well, all right. We we will see. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Moving along on August 15th, Bob Dole was nominated for the um, Republican candidate for president. Boo. <laughs> My family has a personal history with Bob Dole that I'll tell you off mic. It's Oh. We don't like that guy. Oh wow. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> um on August 29th, two weeks later, um Clinton and Al Gore received their nominations from the Democratic Party. Um Man, there's a lot of murder in this year. There, another uh, on on September 13th, Tupac dies. Uh, after sustaining injuries in a drive-by shooting after a Mike Tyson fight. Um, uh, 1996, September the 26th, Nintendo 64 was released. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a big Very one. Very cool. That's a, that's a pivotal moment for pretty much everyone in our generation. That is. And you know, it's, I think it it's, uh, relates to Space Jam because Space Jam's the classic 2D animation and Nintendo 64 was the first kind of 3D yeah. um, interactive video game. And it kind of changed how um, the expectations for graphics, I feel like. For and sure. that led us now to I mean, Space Jam 2, where it's, you know, it's whatever whatever your opinions are about it. Well, they, um, and definitely they, a different animation style. But And I think that speaks exactly to what you were just saying, where they're, they're updating the animation to reflect the modern times, right? And so Space yeah. Jam, that, that kind of put that expectation out there as well. So good point. Love it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Scott will like this one. 
uh, <laughs> on October seventh, Fox News launches. Why? Why? Woo! You know? Why would you come to me on that? Well, I figured since you hate Bob Dole, you might like Fox News. No, no, never mind. That's the other way around. That's the other way around. Wrong, indeed. But uh, you know what? Good for Rupert. <laughs> yeah, good for Rupert. He needs a win. Um, uh, and November fifth, Bill Clinton wins re-election in. Uh, with the lowest voter turnout since 1924. Man. How does that happen? Because apathy had swept the nation in the 90s. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe all that violence you're talking about just had people down. They weren't feeling up to heading out to the polls. I guess so. Man, lowest since 24? That's hard to believe. That is hard to believe. That is very hard to believe. But, you know, in the 90s, we proved that we could do anything, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Show up less frequently than people on freight trains <laughs> back in the 20s. Yeah. Are you thinking of, like, hobos carrying, like, a hobo bindle? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of FDR. Or who was it who, who did his campaign speeches off the back of a train? Uh, uh, that's Was that Teddy? That might have been Teddy That was Roosevelt. Teddy? Okay. Maybe. Okay. All the Roosevelt's loved wheels. Listeners, if you are screaming at your computers, your phones, whatever right now, just uh, drop us a line on Instagram, Twitter, or we have an email address now, 90sslampodcast at gmail.com, everybody. (laughs) Email us and tell us how wrong we are. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have anything else from uh, 1991 there, Chris? Uh, uh, Nothing from 91 and nothing from 96. Uh, 91. <laughs> that was last I'm still week. in That's last okay. episode. Yeah. Excuse um, me, listeners. But I am. I are. Are you ready to guess the complete roster of the 1996 Summer Olympics yes. U.S. Men's Basketball Team? Yes. Let's see what I can do. Bonus uh, points if you know the coach. Well, the coach is Chuck Daly. Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins. Man, Dream Team Two stepped down already. <laughs> Sorry, Lenny. Uh, all right. So, 0 for 1 but on the bonus question, but uh, Scotty Pippen, for sure. Scotty Pippen. Uh, we had Akeem Olajuwon, mm-hmm. which is interesting because not a natural-born citizen, but he got his citizenship to play on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got both Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. Correct. We've got Reggie Miller. Let's see. Who else came back from the first Oh, I am sorry. Sean Kemp is not on... The second team. Really? Not just Gary Payton. That's interesting. That is interesting. I uh, had the cards. I collected the Olympic team basketball cards, and they had Sean Kemp, if my memory serves. But I believe that that is possible that he didn't make the 12-man roster. So, shoot. Okay. Let's keep going, then. Yeah. Um... Well, was uh, was uh, Christian Leitner still on the team? He was not. Bummer. He was not. There are no um, college players on this team. Well, Leitner was a pro by 96. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't hang on to him. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, what about uh, Mitch Richmond and, and Chris Mullins? Are oh, they returned? Oh, Mitch Richmond. The pull for Mitch Richmond. Is that, that the one you thought I wasn't going to get? I didn't get? think you were going to get it. No, I didn't think you were going to get Mitch. Oh, uh, he was on Dream Team 1, man. Uh, uh, Mullen is not on the team. All right. Um, you, got, you got the other shooting guard, I think, though. Stockton, uh, Stockton obviously was on there too. Yeah, 
Uh, um, you're leaning towards somebody, though. No, no, I just can't remember if you said our man from Indiana yet. Reggie Miller? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, said I, did. Reggie. I said Reggie. Okay. You got our guy uh, from Duke? Uh, you. Oh, Grant Hill. Grant Hill. Grant Hill, of course. Yep. Obviously. All right. You're going to have to help me out with the rest of them here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at this on my phone, and I realized I should have written it down and crossed them off as you said them, so I might repeat. So you got the center. Who's the, who's the center? Akeem Olajuwon. And? Uh, David Robinson. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I think we're, I'm up to seven by my count now. Okay. You got another center that we're missing from Is the it? Orlando Magic. Oh, Shaquille O'Neal, of yep. course. Did yep. Penny Hardaway make this team as well then? He did. All there right. There you go. And so I think, now we're up to nine. I think you're just missing um, two power forwards. Did Larry Johnson make the team? Larry Johnson did not make it. Okay. Oh, boy. You're going to have to help me out because I'm sure our listeners are over this. Okay, so both, yeah. <laughs> both were on the original Dream Team, if that helps. Oh, Carl Malone, yep. obviously. Yep. Uh, and the leading scorer of the team. Oh, Chuck. Chuck. Obvious, there you go. Obvious. Yeah, all right, right. All right. Well all right. done. Well done. Good, good. Well, we got it. So nice. proud of us. We really worked together on that one. We did. We did. I barely could handle just reading. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it gets, it, we, sometimes reading gets the best of us. That's why sometimes, we're talking. Yeah. Sometimes speaking gets the best of us too. So, you know, we're in for a treat here. Shall we start talking about Space Jam? Let's do it. Let's talk about uh, your memory of the movie. Do you remember seeing the movie for the first time or is that uh, way, way gone? Um... That's 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 gone. I'm pretty sure it was rented from Blockbuster or West Coast Video. Okay. And watched in my parents' basement in 1997, probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. It came out in November of '96. So you did not see it in the theaters. I don't think so. No. Were you were you the only ten year old boy in Chicago who didn't see it in the theaters? <laughs> well, let's just say I did, since I can't remember. <laughs> I These am, words are hurtful. Yeah, sorry, but you know, whatever, man. Uh, <laughs> but I, I also don't remember specifically my experience, but I know for a fact I saw that movie in the theaters. Yeah, I, my um, life up to that point was just focused on getting everything Chicago Bulls that I could magazines, yeah. basketball cards, jerseys, VHS tapes, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So an opportunity to see Michael on the big screen did not pass me by, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but when you're nine years old and your hometown team is the best basketball team ever, you, yeah, it's you, hard not to feel that way. You yell and scream until you get what you want. Although I don't think I had to do that on this one. I'm pretty sure I was not the only one who wanted to see that movie. Yeah. Um, and and what were what are your thoughts on Space Jam? Let's get a let's get a review on the first Space Jam. First Space Jam, fun. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. my that's my one word review. My one syllable review is fun, and then going more syllables. If you think that it's going to be a great movie, you're an idiot. It's yes, the, the, it's Michael Jordan in a Bugs Bunny movie. Yeah, there's no way to you have to do some pretty serious mental backflips to think this is Oscar bait or anything more than just you know a movie for kids and to sell toys, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. When people get hung up on, oh, the story, it doesn't make sense, or the dialogue <laughs> is terrible, it's a it's a professional athlete with no acting training talking to animated characters that aren't in front of them. It's not going to be a good movie, but it's going to be a lot of fun. You know what? For all of the things that you just listed off, though, I think everyone does 
a good job. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say anyone does a great job. Um, I mean, the voice acting for the Looney Tunes, I like them. A lot of them, they're... they're um, they're obviously not the original voices of the characters, yep. but they got people to step in and do a really good job. Um, in particular, I'm a fan of Daffy Duck. Daffy his, Duck, yeah. His yeah. voice Great. performance in this movie is very good. And um, the guy who voices Daffy Duck in the movie is a guy named D. Bradley Baker, who has been in everything. You guys need mm. to look up his IMDb. He voices every single character. Every one of them. All of them. His yeah. IMDb... I had, like, if I had started scrolling when this podcast episode started, I still wouldn't have hit the end because he's everything. Yeah, yeah. Gotta Very love cool. Daffy Duck. You gotta love a oh, confident yeah. but incapable idiot. Yes. That's, that's just... A good... I relate. A good foil <laughs> for Bugs, who is already funny, but you need someone to take the slapstick up to the next level. Yeah, And, and Daffy, yeah, yeah. Does, Daffy does a good job at that. Um yeah, and, and you're right. I, fun is definitely the right review for this movie. That's all it was really trying to be. And I think they did a good job at that. I think that the the actual actors in the movie do a good job. Uh, Wayne Knight. Wayne, yeah, yeah. So I would say they're the all-stars of the movie. Yeah. Wayne Knight, Bill Murray, and even Larry Bird. Yes, Larry Bird, who does a good job of acting like... Larry Bird, <laughs> speaking quietly and very dryly, and is he making a joke? It's tough to say. Or does he know he's being filmed? Is that just how Larry really is? Possible. I would buy it, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but but Wayne Knight, let's let's talk about him for a second, because he was not even close to the first choice to play Stan is that uh, right? Pawlowski, he was so high. Podolsky, what, what was that character's name? Uh, Podolak. I was Podolak. very close. Yeah. Stan Podolak. So... The director, Joe Pitka, his first choice was Michael J. Fox. Uh, Interesting. Right. Can you picture that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He would have knocked it out. Yeah. I think he would have done well as kind of like a buttoned up, nerdy... Um... Sorry. That's me barking. <laughs> okay. I'm going to cut that a little bit okay. out. I think that Michael J. Fox would have done a good job playing like a buttoned up, nerdy, sweaty assistant. Mm -hmm. I'm picturing somebody with glasses and a pocket protector, but, mm -hmm. but maybe that's just me. So that was Michael J. Fox. Uh, didn't obviously make the cut. I think the studio turned it down. Um, yeah. Other people that were considered, Jason Alexander said no. The director really wanted Chevy Chase. Um, he had worked with hmm. Chevy Chase on like a Doritos commercial or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and so yeah. he had like a rapport and pitched it to the studio and the studio said, no. I would be interested to know if Bill Murray had already signed on. So Bill Murray's appearance in this movie was never meant to be more than the golf course scene. Okay. He was only ever supposed to be in that scene as like a little cameo. Yeah. But he hung around on set after he was finished filming and saw all the stuff that was going on with the animation and demanded to be in the basketball scene. He wanted to participate in the green screen stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was a really neat little tidbit, too. Nice. Yeah, Bill Murray improves any movie. And oh. When, but just what I was thinking, you know, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray kind of famously do not like each other. Yes, so no. So just wondering which one came first. Well, uh, regardless, Chevy Chase didn't make it past the drawing board. Okay. Um, that, that got nixed pretty early on. But can, can, you, can you even picture what Chevy Chase's Stan Podolak would have looked like? Man, I think Wayne Knight's perfect. I think so, too. I, I, he's nervous. He's sweaty. He, yes. Yeah, he's, you buy it. You yeah. buy it. It's sincere. Yeah. It, seemed, it feels sincere. 
Right. Not that those other people aren't capable of playing nervous and sweaty, but 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 <laughs> Wayne Knight, Wayne Knight does such him. a good job. He's riding high as Newman. He's exactly you know, exactly. They're a few years into Seinfeld. Jason so. Alexander makes sense. He would have could have played a very similar character. I could have seen it. Maybe a little bit more frenetic than yeah, the stand yeah, that we know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that would have been that would have been pretty interesting too. Um, other alternate casting. Okay, Swackhammer, the big bad guy in the movie. Obviously, it's played by Danny DeVito. Mm -hmm. Danny DeVito is the only celebrity voice Ooh. actor in this movie. Um, but originally, they wanted to do, and I think you're going to like this, Jack Palance. Okay? <laughs> Can you that. imagine yeah. Curly from City Slickers yeah. as the voice of that alien? And Jack Palance, obviously... What a, what a voice. It would be a different character. They probably would have had to animate him differently. You... Are gonna bring me the Looney Tunes, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. what his name? Slackhammer. Slackhammer. Uh, Swackhammer. Swackhammer. Swack Swack yeah, good, that's a good sound. Swackhammer. Yeah, he's so like frenetic and and yeah, just uh, terrifying he's all over the place. Yeah, but terrifying yeah, too. Yeah. Um, Batman from 1989 is one of my all-time favorite movies, and as a three or four-year-old, I was watching that on VHS, yeah. and Jack Palance plays a character in that movie, and he delivers some lines in such a terrifying way, yeah. and they're just casual lines, like he's asking his like secretary to get him a coffee, but it's like, you, you'll bring me a coffee now. <laughs> it's just terrifying. Yeah, he yeah, would have yeah. been good in that. So Jack Palance, obviously that didn't work. Um, when that didn't go through, <laughs> and you're going to like this one oh, too, man. the alternate... <laughs> the alternate idea was having that character be played in live action by Dennis Hopper. Whoa. Yes. He could have crushed it. He could have crushed it, but what would that have looked like? Would he have been live action in the animated world? Would he have just been like a, a so. human in the animated world as like their boss? And if so... Isn't that exactly what he did in Super Mario Brothers when he played oh. King Koopa? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just... Uh, well, he was, he was riding high off of Speed the year before. Speed is such a good movie. Pop quiz, hot shot. Oh. How do you steal NBA players' talent? With aliens with, and cartoons, yeah, with some kind of strange ball. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, the ball was magic. Huh. I think. Yeah. Why not? Mm -hmm. Although, did they use the same ball for the game? Uh, now we're getting into the rabbit hole. <laughs> like we said, this movie's fun. Um, yeah. I think that's all I have for the alternate casting. We're ready to start talking about the actual production. So. I mentioned in our little video mini episode that they originally wanted to start making a movie like this back after the 1992 commercial came out and mm -hmm. was hugely successful. In 1993, they did a Super Bowl commercial sequel. It was 90 seconds instead of 60 seconds. They knew they had something good. They wanted to do a movie with Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny, but then he retired and they had to kind of push hold on it. Um, but the reason Warner Brothers really knew they wanted to make a movie out of this is because David Falk, Michael Jordan's agent, yeah. it was his idea to make it a movie. Brilliant. He saw the commercial. Michael had such a good time making it. He still uh, refers to that commercial as his kid's favorite commercial that he's in. And he said, that's impressive because I'm in a ton of commercials. And so, <laughs> you know, obviously it holds a special place in his heart. So David Falk really wanted to get this movie made. Jordan retired, went and played baseball. 
realized that was a dumb idea, came back, um, and that's when Space Jam kind of came off the shelves and they re-upped the production. Um, so the first thing that they did was they went out and they got Joe Pitka, who I mentioned earlier, directed the commercial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, he hadn't done very many movies. In fact, he had done one movie. It's called Let It Ride. It came out in 1989. It stars Richard Dreyfus as a gambler. And he's got the worst luck, ride. but all of a sudden he starts winning one day and he can't lose. And how far will he take it? And, you know, how many lives Dang. will he eschew on the side on his quest for glory? And will he learn a lesson in the end? Uncut gems. Sort of. Prequel. Yeah, 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 kind of. Except in 1989 and with Richard Dreyfuss and with, I think, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> So, not <laughs> okay. a huge hit. Um, so Pitka went back to the commercials, and he did Gatorade stuff. He did uh, the Jordan stuff with uh, Nike, and he was with Jordan on Gatorade. Um, all kinds of commercials. I mentioned the Doritos commercial with Chevy Chase. He was doing music videos and stuff, too. But now they're knocking on his door to make another movie. Uh, so he was pretty excited about that. One of the nice things about having a director like Pitka, who had worked with Jordan before was that he knew Jordan's limitations. He mm. knew how to handle him in the room. Um, do you think Jordan is a good actor? I think he's a great basketball player. Exactly right. <laughs> he's not an actor. He's a basketball player. And, and Pitkin knew that. So with that in mind, he set out a very light filming schedule. Uh, mm -hmm. Jordan was on set for the summer of 1995, basically. Yeah. After getting bounced out by the magic, he went to work, uh, started filming this movie before coming back for the 95-96 season. Yeah. Uh, they so, built him that crazy court where he yes. was playing all the NBA players. Yes, just yes. after shooting. Exactly. Crazy. That, you know, that was all part of the conditions of getting Jordan to do this. Um, in addition to this filming schedule, which started at 9 a.m., they filmed a really tough four hours to 1 p.m. so that Jordan could take a two-hour break to have lunch and play hoops mm -hmm. at his personal gym. They would then, you know, get back to the grind and film for another arduous three hours from three to six, and then they were done for the day. Um, so they, they were working towards, you know, keeping Jordan happy. That was the main thing um, on, on set. And Pitka knew that Jordan is more of a basketball player than an actor, so his strategy for filming Jordan was short takes. One or two lines at a time. Yeah. Just nail this, and then we'll move on. Keep like it that. like a commercial. He's exactly. done a million commercials already. Exactly. And I think that that worked, okay? Because, like, the performance that we see from Jordan is fine. Yeah, it's fine. There's never a time when I'm like, oh, boy, he's a really bad actor. You mm. know? It's mm -hmm. always like a, oh, uh, yeah, okay. That's it, you know. Yeah. Like that's as negative as I'll get about him on on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, there's two times in this movie where Jordan acts, and I'm throwing the finger quotes up for acts. Uh, one is when he wins the closest shot competition yes, on the golf course. I was thinking course. the same thing. Yeah. Good. Although I think he's just playing himself at that point. <laughs> See, and that's my guess. I yeah. bet you Pitka had him actually hitting balls towards the hole. Yeah, and I bet yeah. he actually did win the closest pin <laughs> yeah. uh, contest on that one. Um, and then the other one is uh, at the halftime speech in the big game against the Monstars. He's trying to deliver a, a rousing speech to get the Toon Squad up and, mm -hmm. and ready to play in the second half. And it is a pretty... Uh, he's acting. He's acting to act. And it's obvious. But, you know, again, 
two instances in the entire movie uh, is not bad for someone like Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not going to hold his feet to the fire. No, no, yeah. yeah. You've got Looney Tunes all around you. Let them carry the load. Yeah. You're in it because you are driving up the box office. You're exactly. The most popular, recognizable athlete the world has ever seen. Ever. You've, you've done your part. You're not supposed to be the best actor. Exactly. And even better than that, he's not even the worst actor in this movie. Oh, who do you say is the worst? There are several NBA players <laughs> oh, who yeah. <laughs> are right up there with him. In fact, surpass him as far as being a bad actor. Patrick Ewing, you'll notice, gets very, very few lines. Larry Johnson might not speak at all in the entire movie. Charles Barkley obviously gets a pretty big role. Yeah. He's got a little subplot going on yeah, when yeah. he's walking around right, and he loses right. at street ball. Yeah, and he's he a legitimately to... funny guy. Yes. He can, yeah. He's not a good actor, but again... <laughs> He's fine, and and those scenes are hilarious. They're some of my favorite scenes in the movie. If you haven't already seen it, you've got to see uh, Shaq making fun of him. The the scene where uh, he gets his talent stolen by the aliens. Okay, is and, that a? Where it, he's he's just kind of flailing around on the court, yeah. and and Danny Ainge is in the shot too. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You got to see it. It's so funny. Um, uh, is Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr is. Uh, Oh no, Steve Kerr is at the end of the movie. He may, he pops up in the in the Jordan return scene. Um, uh-huh. Danny Ainge and um, uh, I think the Suns coach was Paul Westfall at the time. Yeah, I think he so. also I think, pops yeah. up in that scene. Good stuff, man. And Chuck, yeah, just great acting. It's definitely in keeping. The more that we know about Chuck, I think that that is actually how Chuck would have behaved in all of those situations. <laughs> so I buy it. I buy it all. Um, and and Sean Bradley, I think, delivers one line. Oh my god! In that movie, so Sean, I'm just going to ask you right now: Is there? Uh, you've seen both iterations of Space Jam now. Is Sean Bradley the worst player in both Space Jams? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, there are I mean, some great player. Well, good, okay player. No, <laughs> made the was... NBA. Obviously, he's no scrub, but he... but he does not. You know, he's the Christian Leitner of the '92 dream team. Yeah, okay, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great comparison. Call back. <laughs> yes, uh, and and I think you're right. I mean, there are kids who are playing street ball in uh, in that one scene. Maybe mm-hmm. one of them is worse. Technically a basketball than Sean Bradley, but otherwise, you know, he's a tall dude. Uh, That's a great thing that you just brought up, though, because Sean Bradley is actually a second choice casting situation. Oh, great. Can you guess who the first choice was? First choice for a center? Can I give you a hint? Is it the dream? No, no, it's not. Let me let me give you a hint. Okay. They picked Sean Bradley because he's seven foot seven. Okay, Manute Bull. Uh, oh, so close. Oh, George Mirasa. Yes, that's oh, the one. Oh man, well he definitely would have been the worst player. Uh, yes, I think so. Um, George Mirasa turned this role down. They approached him and they and he said no, um, which is perplexing but then you realize that he was just waiting for a meteor role that would come along in just a few years with my giant (laughs) co-starring with billy crystal opposite billy crystal and like that was a meaty role george murison is acting in that movie (laughs) have you ever seen it i have not maybe i'll maybe we got to watch that so my memory of seeing the movie my giant maybe we should have an episode about my giant or maybe a minisode maybe that one gets a minisode yeah uh but um uh i saw my giant in the theaters with my dad 
when we were on a vacation in Kansas. The movie flex. Ha- had <laughs> big flex. We drove there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we were bored. We were done with all the family time. It's all family in Kansas. Yeah. And so we were like, let's go see a movie. Doesn't matter what it is. Two tickets for My Giant, please. And we were the only people in the theater for the, <laughs> entire, the entire movie. But uh, but uh, it was a movie, and it got us out of the house. So there we go. You know, I won't go so far as to say fun for the review. Yeah. But but it was a movie. But the Kansas version of fun. Yeah, and where it's just not as bad as what you were in before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any apologies or listener or listeners in Kansas? Just apologies, but you know, come on. Yeah. You know. At least you're not in Missouri. Yeah. But Missouri loves company. That's true. Yeah. That is the correct pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get back to Space Jam. (laughs) So you mentioned that killer gym that they built for Jordan. Yeah. And he used it all summer long to get himself back into basketball shape. He had been Mm -hmm. in baseball shape, obviously trying to play baseball in the White Sox organization. Uh, His muscle tone was just different. And so he had to hit the gym and he had to get back to playing. And he played pickup games with the other NBA players that are in the movie, uh, Patrick Ewing, Sean Bradley, Muggsy Bogues, Larry Johnson, Charles Barkley. But they also, other players were coming in. Reggie Miller came Mm -hmm. in and played a bunch of pickup. And knowing what we know about Michael and his relationship with Indiana and Reggie Miller and everything, how interesting to think that they were probably like, if not buddies, at least close enough friends that Reggie could walk into Jordan's gym and play pickup basketball. Yeah, with him, yeah, you know? yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, especially because you would never know it to see them on the court. It's not like today's NBA where they're all patting each other on the back and dabbing each other up and everything. Like Jordan hated Reggie when they mm-hmm. were playing. So it's interesting to see that kind of other side. But another player that was showing up and playing with Jordan in the gym, another player making a comeback. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. popping in. Do you remember his very, very ill-fated comeback in 1996? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a couple, you know, a, a couple highlights in there, but... Oh, I thought you were going to say a couple extra pounds. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't stay in NBA shape, unfortunately, in uh, his downtime, but uh, he, yeah, he made a comeback. Yeah. He did well enough. Um, he... Uh, was good enough to be on the 1995-96 Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. It was the next year that the Lakers would draft Kobe Bryant, and then the year after that that they would get Shaquille O'Neal. So uh, the Lakers needed some star power. Wait, they didn't draft Kobe, though. Or I'm sorry, you're yeah. right, you're right. Yeah. They would acquire Kobe via a trade with the Charlotte Hornets. With the with our beloved Vlade Divac. Yes, yes, that's right. He was the other piece of that puzzle that went over to Charlotte uh, to get... Kobe back. Good trade? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you always hate to lose Vlade, but... You do. Um, and he, he you can't turn down Kobe. No, you can't. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's a generational talent. In my opinion, that's as close as we've gotten to Jordan since Jordan. And mm. they overlapped a little bit. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Um, but Vlade did well on Charlotte. Yeah. He got to play with Alonzo Mourning and Robert Parrish. Mm-hmm. Right? So Chief. pretty pretty solid. Pretty solid. And uh, then made his way to Sacramento. And and there he shall stay. For the prime of his career. Well, for uh, that's the highlight of the career, right? 
Yeah, I think that was the best. I guess he made it to the finals. Well, in he was a rookie. I don't know how much credit you really give to him. Yeah, yeah. I think he stepped up in the playoffs due to some injuries on the Lakers um, and, and did well. Yeah. And kind of made a name for himself. But I don't think you can give him too much credit for them yeah, making that He finals. was integral to those Kings teams. Those Kings teams were great. I don't think they make the Western Conference Finals. Was that what they were in 2002? Yeah. Uh, I don't think they make it without Vlade. But uh, between Vlade and uh, Chris Weber was on that team. Yeah, uh, Bibi Stojakovic. Yeah, that was a fun team. Mm-hmm. Fun team. Uh, interesting uniforms with the the <laughs> checkerboard pattern down the side. I remember being confused by that. Uh, like you're not in Indianapolis. You're not like a racing city. What is the checkerboard for? <laughs> I guess Kings and Chess. You know what? I'm just putting that together. Oh wow! Look at you. Huh. Yeah, and checkers. Sure, you king, you king pieces and checkers. Yeah. Those little, the pieces have little crowns on them. Okay, right. you know what, listeners? King I me. apologize. I'm an idiot. So there it is. Uh, just saying stuff that everyone already knows. Um, okay, you mentioned the green screens earlier. We're yep. filming scenes without anybody there. True, but not entirely true. Mm. The normal process at the time for green scene shots was a stick with a tennis ball on it okay. where the person would look, and then you could edit out the tennis ball. But they realized that this would be a little bit more complicated than that. Having Michael, in particular, acting, he needed something to act off of. So they got improv actors to come in and dress up in those green suits and run around on their knees and play the Looney Tunes. Um, And same for the Monstars. They found the biggest people they could dressed them up in those skin-tight green suits and made them (laughs) run around on a court. In fact... Jordan thought it was so hilarious the first time he saw them that he started just cracking up the first time he saw the Monstars walk onto the court. Uh, I really wish there was some raw footage of that. Oh my God. I would love to see just five big fat dudes in green suits walking up to Michael Jordan and four people on their knees oh, in green man. suits. I feel sorry for all of those people. I'm yeah, sure. although, I mean, at the same time, like, what are you ashamed of? You know, you got to be in Space Jam. You got to be there with MJ and yeah, you got to do yeah. all that. Like, it's cool. I don't know. For sure. I'm just sure he torched them just verbally. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he brought his competitive nature? nature to the filming of Space Jam? He totally did. He totally did. You're right. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just picturing him dunking on somebody on their knees. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. He can't turn it off. No, yeah, that's who he is. That's why we love him. That's that's why we... That's, he's like, why we have this podcast, right? So yeah, thank you, MJ. Um, let's get... Let's So, so um, the filming, the special effects, mm-hmm. right? Special effects at the time in 1996, there weren't too many movies that used computers to do their special effects. Obviously, Jurassic Park and Terminator 2 mm-hmm. came out in 91 from our yes. last episode. All right. Best I'm, sequel of all time. Yes. Uh, it's, it's up there. Empire Strikes Back? Oh, yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do any research. You're right. Space Jam 2? <laughs> New Legacy? It's, it's, yeah. Out of those three, I would put Space Jam 2 third mm. for... Best sequel. Number three all time. Yeah. All right. Number three of three. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, but so special effects, not, not that many. Um, Space Jam would set a record for most visual effects in a movie at mm. the time. It was like 1100 or something. And for a comparison, Independence Day, which also came out that same year, it came out a few months earlier, yeah. only had something like 700. Whoa, so Space okay. Jam had way more special effects. Uh, when they started 
producing or getting the production ramped up on this movie. They thought they could handle it all in-house in one studio. And it took about a week for them to realize that that was just not possible. Mm. And by the end of production, they were using 18 studios all across the world. Whoa. And it shows. I mean, I think that this movie is beautiful, right? The animation is very cool. There's Mm -hmm. a little bit of like a computer effect to some of it. But for the most part, I think it's just pretty standard 2D animation just with Michael Jordan interacting. Yeah. Um, and, and it's very cool. I, I think it's cool the way they blended the computer and, and the animation. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it looks, looks crisp. It's, uh, that's why it's fun. If, it, if, the am, if the animation wasn't there, that would just kill the movie. It wouldn't be fun. It would be too distracting. Yep. It looks like the Looney Tunes cartoons we grew up with. Even better. Exactly. Even better. Um, They were kind of pioneering new animation techniques with this movie, too. This is the first time that they were trying to animate 2D objects on a computer CGI green screen like Mm. that. And so one of the things that they developed for this movie was, if you look at Tweety Bird when he's flying, they add some motion blurring to him, Ah. um, which is, is a very, very subtle thing. But that was kind of like a big deal in the special effects industry at the time. So they were pioneers, um, you might say. So let's talk about um, after the movie came out, the reception, and one of the most important reviews should come from the man himself, Jordan, <laughs> all right? What did he think about his own performance in the movie? And Jordan is, is quoted as saying, I'm a learning actor. I can't say I'm good. This is a whole new arena. I've done commercials, which means four hours, six hour days. This is a long process, very meticulous, especially when you're trying to match up with an animated character you can't see. Yeah, yeah. Good. I, I feel like that's Props. an honest review. Yeah. I feel like that's a, 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 a way of him dancing around saying, I am not a good actor. And I think that that self-awareness is, is pretty key. And self-awareness is a big theme in Space Jam, mm-hmm. right? How many jokes are there about how bad Michael is at, ba- at baseball, mm-hmm. about, um, oh, he's a baseball player. Like, they do that a lot. Um and just like the shorts that he wears underneath his other shorts every game and all the Looney Tunes think it's disgusting, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's got a pretty good sense of humor about himself. Yeah. Um, one of the earliest uh, instances of that in the movie is one of my favorite scenes is him batting. That's right? such a good scene. It's yeah. such a good scene. Yeah, like, yeah. The next one's a curveball. Right. Don't swing. <laughs> like, I'll get you another one. Like all that. That was so good. I love it. And it begs the question... Was it really like that for him in the minor leagues? You know, I need to watch. I still, and maybe you've seen it, maybe not, but Jordan Rides the Bus, uh, that ESPN oh, sure. documentary. Yeah. I got to watch that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know how I've made it this far without having watched well, that. Well, he was definitely known as an above average fastball hitter and had, had a pretty remarkable hitting streak for a minute there, but then the scouts caught up and realized he couldn't hit a breaking pitch. And, uh, you know, that's what that scene refers to. But it's just so funny how he's a beloved athlete and Mm -hmm. everyone's just saying, you know, the catcher's... It's like, oh, I'm just so happy to be here, yeah. <laughs> you know, playing against right. you. I think it is documented. <laughs> the pitches. Yeah, I, I, I think that is well documented, um, that, that everyone was excited. I know that he would end games by signing autographs for the other team, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> which is which is pretty awesome. Uh, you mentioned Jordan wasn't able to hit any off-speed stuff in the movie. 
they mentioned that Jordan is batting an anemic 215 or something like that. An mm-hmm. anemic 215. And in today's major leagues, yeah. there's tons <laughs> of major league batters batting at 215 or lower, and they're in the starting lineup. I think that speaks to the difference in baseball from then to today. Because 25 years ago is a long time. It was, but it doesn't feel that long ago. No. It's, it's interesting how quickly things change. And really, if you, if you get into it, things change even more quickly than that. They've changed a few times in between there. It goes from hitting to pitching to hitting to pitching, back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that was uh, a, a hitting time <laughs> in the major leagues in 96 <laughs> through, you know, a little bit later. Uh, but, but that's a different podcast. We're not going to talk yeah, about it. It's called Hitting Time. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Is That's there right. one? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> no, oh. no. <laughs> oh. oh. I just like hitting time. <laughs> Watch out for a mini episode. <laughs> oh, you had me there. Um, all right. Cool. Otherwise, uh, reviews for the movie. Okay. So yep. generally pretty mixed reviews, but I think that a lot of critics went into it knowing what it was trying to be. So mm-hmm. it generally got favorable reviews from people like Ebert and Siskel, although Siskel, it seemed like he wasn't stoked to give it a medium plus review, but mm-hmm. he did. But Ebert seems like he really got it. He gave it three stars out of four. Wow. He talks about how it's just the right kind of fun for everybody. It's it's not going to offend really anybody. Yeah, yeah. There is some like like childish jokes, but for the most part, it's pretty even keeled all the way across. So Ebert liked it. Um, The only real negative response that it got from from critics uh, was just that it was dumb and that Jordan's not a real actor. And, you know, okay. You that going in. You need both of those things going in. Exactly. Like, if you need to read that review to decide not to see this movie, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, But the legacy of Space Jam now, it, it, it made... It's money back in the mm-hmm. theaters. It was the 15th highest grossing movie in 1996. Okay. It made about $90 million, which is what it cost uh, domestically. Mm-hmm. Um, internationally, it added a lot more in. So the film was considered a, a success by the studio. Um, generally, movies that make their money back are are above and beyond a success. Yeah. Usually, these big tentpole movies pay for several others along the way. So maybe this movie was financed by a bigger movie, and they weren't super worried about its performance. But in this case, they made their money back domestically. They made way more than that internationally. But the longer financial benefits cannot be underspoken. Like, there are some estimates that have this movie having earned $6 billion in current day. Just from merchandising merchandising and and other marketing and and product placement and stuff like that. So just tons and tons of money. I mean, you still see, I still see people walking around wearing a Toon Squad jersey. Yeah, yeah. You know, you see that. and That's, That's becoming fashionable. Absolutely. Or that is fashionable. I mean, yeah. I don't think there was ever a time since 1996 when if you saw somebody out in the wild wearing a Toon Squad jersey, you weren't like, oh, cool. You know? Like, it's pretty cool. Uh, And Especially if it's a Bill Murray jersey. Number 22. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray. um, So... We we mentioned that he was only supposed to be in that golf scene, and yeah. obviously he pops up again at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and he gets the game-winning assist, really, if you think about it. They yeah. couldn't have won that game without Bill Murray. Um, and he makes the joke about, you know, producer's a friend of mine, just had a right. teamster come pick me up and drop me off. Uh, all of Bill Murray's lines in this movie are improvised. 
So he came came up with all of that, and when they're golfing and everything, all of it. It's I love his golfing. The the callback to Caddyshack. Oh, was Talking to the golf ball. Yes, <laughs> that and and I really enjoyed, and I think I really picked up on it the last viewing was when he and Larry are just driving away from the hole, and he goes. Uh, Larry, I'm going to give us both a two on that. I don't think either of us were emotionally able to putt. And Larry just goes, yeah, that sounds fine to me. I love that scene. That, that one's up there for me, too. But but Bill Murray's really good um, when he's trying to draw up the play from the timeout, when he thinks they have the ball, but they don't have the ball. Just good stuff. And uh, one, of, one of the best lines in the movie is at the end, after Jordan has come back, and he's wearing the four five, oh, yeah. and he's sitting in the stands next to Larry Bird, and he goes, "It could have been me. <laughs> it could have been me. Let's go, Bulls." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Man. Yeah. Bill Murray can do no wrong. Really. He can. He can do no wrong. He's he's a good guy. Uh, big Bill Murray fans here. Um, but uh, let's see. So now, obviously, we've got the new uh, Space Jam, which. Brings to mind this quote from the original Space Jam director, Joe Pitka, mm-hmm. says about, you know, oh, the, we made four to six billion dollars or something like that. Joe Pitka says, it just shows you the power that Michael had that, trans, uh, that transcended sport. He said, try making a movie like that with Kobe Bryant or Shaquille O'Neal. Totally. Sha- Shaq made movies that tanked. Dwight Howard wants to do a movie. But really, LeBron? No. Nobody has what Michael has ever. He said that back in, I think, 2013, 14, so before this new movie got started. Yeah. I think it's fascinating that he mentions Kobe Bryant, who has an Oscar to his credit now, not as a, a an actor, obviously, mm-hmm. but as a filmmaker. A, a creative document, guy, for a, sure. A documentarian and a producer and all that. Um, Shaq made the movie Steel, which came out in 1997. Uh, so Space Jam's domestic gross was over $90 million dollars. Take a wild guess what Steele's domestic gross was. Domestic gross. I'm going to say $27 million. You're being very, very kind to really? Shaq. Really? 17? Yes. So, so you're off by a factor of 10. $1.7 was the domestic gross for wow. the movie Steel. Uh, and if you have ever seen that movie... No. <laughs> well, obviously, no one saw that movie. But I saw that movie. Um, not in the theaters. In Kansas? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's entirely possible. No, I think Steel was a later in life discovery for me. Uh, but uh, not, not good. Not good. Not, not Shaq's fault, necessarily. Uh, again, this is kind of the thing where it's like, it's a movie starring a basketball player. How good yeah, can it be? But, but Shaq's got acting chops. I think Shaq is better. He was in Blue Chips. Mm-hmm. He was in Kazam. Shazam? I Kazam. can never remember. I think it's, it's Kazam. Kazam. Yeah. Shazam is the superhero. Mm-hmm. Kazam is whatever Shaq was. A genie? I a think genie he was a that genie. comes out of a boombox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How could we forget? That's right. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, but, but, but Joe Pico was right. I mean, Jordan transcended the sport. He wasn't just a basketball celebrity. He was a celebrity oh my celebrity. Gosh. Yeah. 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 Most so, recognizable person on the planet then. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they... In the last dance, they show shots of, you know, like, sub-Saharan Africa and all the kids are wearing Jordans. Mm-hmm. Like, he's global. He's worldwide. Yeah. You can't top that. It was a worthy attempt by LeBron, LeBron excuse me, to, to try. But, but what did you think of Space Jam 2, A New Legacy? 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. You know, Space Jam 2, there's no way that if Space Jam didn't come out in 1996 that that Space Jam with LeBron being the, you know, if that was the first movie ever combining Looney Tunes and basketball players. Yeah, it wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been nearly as much excitement about it. Uh, just, you know, whatever your feelings are about who the better basketball player is, and it's obviously Jordan, but... <laughs> but <laughs> Jordan, we are from Chicago, everybody. <laughs> yeah, but it's undeniable that Jordan is the bigger draw and bigger pop culture icons. So, um, so yeah, it's just carrying a movie on his own. It's not the same for LeBron. But my my thoughts on it are still the same as the first one. Is that it's meant to meant to be fun. It's not. If you think it's going to be good, you know, all these reviews are coming out. It's the worst thing ever. It's of course it's bad. And yes. if you didn't know that going into it, then shame on you. You're dumb. Absolutely. It's, it's supposed to be a spectacle. Um, yeah, it's it's not good, but it's 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 not you know it's not awful for what it is. It's a it's endearing you know exactly it's too long it's it was it was too, too long. much exposition yeah there's there's quite a bit they could have cut some stuff out i, I feel the same as you again you got to just manage your expectations yeah. know what you're getting into um if you go in there expecting it to make you laugh and make you cry like uh, you shouldn't be there yeah uh, yeah all the emotional building of like oh you know you gotta let me be me and everything i mean that's all just like paper thin and and not well acted but what are you gonna do paper thin not well acted sure although i i mean the kids everyone around lebron in this movie again kind of like jordan is fine i think yeah. the kids do fine his wife is fine she's got a very very small role in the movie yeah yeah uh lebron's manager i think is is pretty funny um Cheadle obviously is just amazing, chewing yeah. the scenery and, <laughs> and having a ball and um you know so it's fine it is what it is i think that where space jam won they went out of their way to manage Michael Jordan on set. I think in Space Jam 2 here, they, they thought that they had someone in LeBron whom they could just kind of test a little bit more mm -hmm. than they did with Michael Jordan. LeBron's plot is way more complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got... Um, He's, he's got this meeting with the film with Warner Brothers, right? Is he going to do this big thing? So he's got that going on. He's got the fact that uh, he never learned how to have fun because his coach, when he was a kid, told him, you got to think about everyone around you. Yeah. So he's yeah. got this emotional baggage. And Wood now... Wood Harris, great cameo. Sorry. Say it again? <laughs> Wood, I love that actor. Who is it? Wood Harris. Wood Harris. He I don't know him. Plays Avon Barksdale in The Wire. Oh, I haven't seen The Wire. Oh, uh, so. Okay. That's another one that I've missed, but it's on my list. Don't worry. Uh, listeners, if I should watch The Wire, let me know on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, or at 90slampodcast.gmail at gmail.com. It's obviously yes. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but obviously, also, you've got LeBron with the, the kid, with his own kid. You know, how do I, how do I reach my kid kind mm -hmm. of thing? And... Um, it's a lot. It's a lot that they're trying to get from somebody whose only other movie credit, to my knowledge, is the movie Trainwreck, where he plays himself. And, like, he plays a stylized version of himself, maybe, but it's not that challenging. To then throw him into the deep end on mm -hmm. this is, is challenging. So I'm going to give him some leeway. Um, that being said, I think the first Space Jam is, is 
better. Yeah. Uh, 90 minutes. I agree. Nice and tight. I think that was the way to do it. Mm-hmm. This movie comes Agreed. in just under two hours. Too long. And there's a part uh, near the end of the movie, and this isn't going to be super spoilery or anything, but it feels like the game is over. And then you realize it's actually only the end of the third quarter. Mm. It's like, oh boy, that would have that scene hit these emotional moments if they could have just wrapped up this one last hanging storyline. Like, I think that would have been a tight ninety minute, decent enough movie. Yeah, and we can move on with our day. Yeah, but then there was another half hour, and uh, that that was daunting when I realized that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think about the music in the movie? Yeah, yeah. I I think the music was. Uh, ooh, well, I've got a question for you now. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I liked it. I was listening to the soundtrack today at work, and of the uh, new Space Jam. Of the new Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I love Chance the Rapper, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I what I really liked was the intro scene. Um, you know, not a not a spoiler, but um, LeBron's mom's dropping him off at practice Mm -hmm. and he's wearing a 23 jersey Mm -hmm. in the shot Mm -hmm. and uh, as he goes into practice they start playing ghetto superstar from 1998 yes just a great great song Uh, Um, and so yeah i I thought that was a nice homage to the 90s yes Uh, which is which is something that we've seen in the marvel movies when they do like uh the captain marvel movie you know anytime you're establishing a scene in the 90s you got to use that 90s music yeah and ghetto superstar i was i admit when that came on i started kind of just humming along mm-hmm. not singing along i was in i was with other people but uh but i was humming along i was enjoying that song i will say though that the thing that really set the tone of the first movie for me was the the montage scene at the beginning of space jam yeah. where you kind of lay out jordan's entire career and it's quad city djs with the song oh space my jam gosh, yeah. and it just gets you so freaking hyped up <laughs> to watch this movie and it still has that effect on me it's to this day. It's a good day. hype up song. It is. And and the the new Space Jam, it didn't quite have that same effect on me. Now, I am fully willing to um, admit that as a Jordan fan, mm-hmm. a LeBron montage is never going to do it for me. Um, sure. So, so for the LeBron fans, maybe this montage had more of an effect or uh, more of an impact on them. Entirely possible, but for me, it didn't do it for me, um, which is too bad. Because honestly, the the rest of the movie could have been good. Mm-hmm. But I came out of that montage being like, ah, darn it. And that was my mistake to also be actively comparing it to the first Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Treat it as something new. Mm-hmm. It's it's different. It's not going to be the same. If you compare them, you know, you're going to look through your own lens, and uh, yeah, yeah, and our lens is obviously skewed towards thinking the first one is better. Yeah, um, that Quad City DJ song though is it cracks me up to this day. It oh. Is, it's like someone. It's like when they wrote the song, they'd never seen a basketball game before, but they just had a list of basketball terms yeah. in front of them. Mm-hmm. Come on and slam. If welcome, you wanna, welcome to the jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you want to jam, yeah, all of it. They do mix it up on there. Um, I think. Yeah. I think my slam favorite, and jam heavy. Yeah. For sure. Well, you're listening to '90s slam, by the way. Uh, I think my favorite line in that song is, "Hey DJ." Turn it up. 
QCD gonna burn it up. Yeah. I love that. Work if your I, body, work your body. Make sure you, you don't, don't hurt, hurt nobody. nobody. Yeah, make yeah. sure. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Oh man, it's They're good. Very considerate. And it, it captures 1996 in a pretty good way. I think this like weird in between time for rap, mm-hmm. where it's like you're kind of just yelling things, but also you're like talking quickly, and yeah, it's good. It's good kid friendly rap. Um, yeah, it, it goes well on the Space Jam soundtrack album which was a, a huge cultural thing on its own. Mm-hmm. Do you know that album or the soundtrack went platinum? I own that soundtrack. Six times. Six times. Six times platinum. Damn. I also own that soundtrack. And from the six times platinum I just mentioned, everyone owned that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you name more than three or four songs off of it? Right now? Well, Quad City DJs. Right, right. That's a uh, gimme. That's a gimme. Uh-huh. Um, Hit them High. Oh, very good. Yeah, the, the Monstars theme. Mm-hmm. Um, Fly Like an Eagle, mm-hmm. Steve Miller. Which was our intro song today. Yeah. You're and, welcome. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so this is leading me into things that have not aged well in the original Space Jam. Uh, R. Kelly, I Believe I Can Fly. That's the and, intro song. And I was tempted to use that as our outro song yeah. tonight. But but I think I think I'm gonna go a different direction. It's gonna be a little bit more obvious on the way out. Okay. And uh to the listeners, you, you know what? You're welcome because we just don't need to keep putting R. Kelly out there if we don't no. have to. I think it's okay to appreciate him as he washes around you, but if you're actively putting him out there, <laughs> it's time to find somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, we all miss some of his songs, but not really. Yeah, not enough that I'm yeah. gonna get worked up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you know any more any more songs off of? Uh... Oh, so hit him high. That was that wasn't Coolio, was it? Uh, I know there's a Coolio. It, Coolio song. is in it. Oh, he's featured on there. Is there another Coolio song? Uh, Coolio also has. Let's see. No, I think that's that's the. Oh no no no. He he does. He has another song. Okay. He has the song the winner. Winner. It's okay. the second track. I can't for the life of me remember it, and these songs aren't on <laughs> Apple Music, uh, <laughs> so I can't listen to it. Don't know, don't care. Um, any others? Any others? I'd just be throwing darts at, yeah. at this point. So the only other one that I really think is uh, notable is... Um, the only other one that I think is notable is... The Friends is theme? No. The Friends theme? No, no. Which you heard at the top of this episode. Yep. Again, you're welcome. <laughs> Basketball Jones. Oh, I remember that one. I love that yeah, song. Chris it's, Rock. Yes, as Lil Penny. Yeah. Yes, dude. That uh, that song is amazing. Lil Penny, I think, is also going to get maybe a minisode, maybe a whole episode. Who knows? I don't know. And who's who's the uh, who's the other voice in that? It's not Luther Vandross. Who is it? No, it is Barry White. Barry White. Yes, Barry, Barry White. Yeah. Um, that's the way I like it by the Spin Doctors oh, featuring right. Biz Marquis. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so. Uh, uh let's see any others no upside down round and round by salt and peppa oh okay Okay. for you i will by monica given you all that i've got by robin s i turn to you by all for one all of my days by changing faces featuring r kelly and jay-z and then last but not least buggin by bugs bunny Oh, all right. Yeah. Bugs. So, you know, that's that's the Space Jam soundtrack. It's pretty good. Um, 
it's definitely of its time. Yeah. Um, I don't think you release that same compilation compilation today and get the same <laughs> response Man. from it. I'm just thinking about those Quad City DJs just raking in whatever royalties they get for yeah. going six times platinum or being featured on a six times platinum soundtrack record. Did they do anything else? Nothing. Um, nothing. They they produced the double platinum single Tootsie Roll. Oh, yeah. So, no you know, but okay. I, but I think as far as like performance uh performance goes, oh, come on and ride it, the train. Come oh. on ride the train. And ride it. Okay. Okay. Quad Cities need some more respect. I'm sorry. I well, stand corrected. Do they? Well, I don't know. Moline. Uh yeah. <laughs> One of four. <laughs> Davenport and uh name the Quad Cities. <laughs> I don't know the other ones. <laughs> Listeners, if you know all four of the Quad Cities, write in on Instagram, Twitter, or at 90slampodcast at gmail.com. Really, really hoping to get some emails. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you live in the Quad Cities, you can just send a letter. That's probably what they do. <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> Take that, Davenport. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, any other final thoughts on Space Jam or Space Jam 2? Um, yeah, just two things that stuck out re-watching Space Jam uh, was uh, the prevalence of gambling <laughs> in the movie, which I thought was kind of, uh, I don't know, looking back, I, I didn't notice it at the time, but... You know, Michael Jordan famously uh, enjoys gambling. Right. Um, sometimes, I don't know, some would say recklessly. Yes. Um, and may I just throw in really quickly, last week I alluded to some controversy surrounding mm -hmm. Space Jam, and, and that goes hand in hand. Obviously, there is the conspiracy theory that Jordan's retirement, quote unquote, was mm -hmm. a forced suspension from the NBA because of his gambling problem. Right. He had been out gambling before many playoff games in 92, 93, leading up to the, the Bulls' third championship. And um, the league wasn't super stoked <laughs> about <Yeah. laughs> all of that. And that maybe he was in some trouble as far as the gambling goes. Mm -hmm. And the even deeper conspiracy theories tie that to his father's murder, right. which um, you, you do have to go out on a limb to, to buy into that, I think. Um, but it's definitely something that people are thinking about. And, and for them to then just so effortlessly weave gambling into the movie, because Jordan is just just relentless as a gambler, even in this children's in movie. movie yeah. What's your like, favorite gambling scene of Jordan's from this movie? Oh, well, when he's doubling down on uh, on Swackhammer. Right. And, and just gambling literally his own life. Yes, just without even thinking about it. Yeah. And also knowing that his team is short a player. <laughs> he makes that bet when his team doesn't have enough players to continue in the game. Yeah. He yeah. knew. He was so confident in his own abilities that he knew that Bill Murray was going to walk into right, that gym. Right, right. What a competitor. Also, what a gambler. But what a competitor. Man. <laughs> He's um, also gambling, though, on the golf course with Larry Bird and exactly. Bill Murray. You know? That's the other says, instance. You know, yeah. Whoever gets closest is blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, We're buying dinner in yeah. quotes. Yeah. Wink. <laughs> and we are going to like 10 different restaurants for dinner. And it's not going to be cheap. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. that was that was one. You that, said you had two? Yeah. That and uh, um, Pepe Le Pew mm -hmm. was bumped out of the second... Space Jam. Yes. Um, just because of, you know, aggressive uh, date rapey vibe is not uh, any longer 
tolerated. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. No, in, not at all. In uh, any sort of Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> Which is fine. Which I, is fine, yeah. You I, notice it. I didn't notice it so much with Pepe Le Pew in Space Jam, but uh, Lola Bunny's first appearance is just... Like bugs, you got to calm down, buddy. It, you you can't well, be doing that. None of it holds up very well. No. Uh, Loa's uh, presentation in the second movie uh, is significantly better. Yeah. Um, Zendaya does the voice, yeah. and I think Amazing. she does a really good job. Mm-hmm. And just the way they've animated her, I like the teeth. You know, they've given her some uh-huh. some a little bit like quirkier teeth in this movie, <laughs> um, but also she's portrayed as like. A, a strong, like really mm-hmm. powerful character, yeah, like yeah. like maybe number two to LeBron in Amazon. Yeah. Yes, exactly in Amazon with with Wonder Woman and everything. Right. So very cool. Did you like um, the shoehorning in of all of Warner Brothers everything into this movie? Yeah, you know a lot of people hated that. It's just whatever. You yeah. can't get you can't get hung up on it. They were going Again, they're, yeah. they're going up against an Avengers movie. Yeah. In the box office. Get mm-hmm. over it. This yep. is what the world is. It's tough. I mean, you either choose to look at the background or you don't. Yeah. Right? And um, that that it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else? Any other key points you want to bring up? Yeah. I think a nice, a nice cherry on the top of this conversational Sunday. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Tying it up into one of the reasons why we like 90s basketball so much. Uh, and that it was, uh, I, I don't know, I guess you, would, you could say more competitive, less, uh, less wanting to go out and join up, less wanting to get the, the edge in that sense. Mm-hmm. And um, Space Jam, of course, wraps up with Michael Jordan knowing that he's going to return to the NBA, but still going to the scrubs, Sean Bradley, Larry Johnson... Muggsy Bogues, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, and returning their talents to them, uh, even though that's going to make his climb back to the championship harder. Um, wow. Which I think is, uh, you know... <laughs> what a great, what a great, great point. You know what? Honestly. And, and I feel like I can't believe there's not like an article on ESPN about that or on like The Athletic or something about, mm-hmm. you know, LeBron never would have given the talent back. You know? <laughs> right. That's what it's leading it to. And of course, right, that's exactly. like an outrageous claim. Because Jordan, Jordan wanted to beat the best. So you better give Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley their yeah. talents back. Yeah. Although he never saw any of those players. He didn't. Well, Really, but he didn't try and recruit Shaquille O'Neal or Penny Hardaway after he got bounced from the playoffs, or Isaiah Thomas. No, but but he did go out. They did go out and get Dennis Rodman. They did go out and get Dennis Rodman. They did. They got Rodman, and um, and (laughs) so last week I was struggling to remember the other bad boys piston that came to the Bulls with John Sally in the '95 '96 season. And the answer was James Edwards. So James Edwards, uh, I know you're listening. I'm sorry. I got your name wrong last episode. My sincerest apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, don't come find me. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, see, that's the thing is that like Jordan kind of did that, did the super team thing, but he did it with like washed up <laughs> former rivals and I don't know if it was more of a like you're gonna sit there and watch me win three more championships mm-hmm. <laughs> you know kind of thing uh, to take it to the like sociopathic level <laughs> but uh, but yeah that's a great point I, I like that 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 Jordan returned their powers very the good cherry the cherry it, that is and yep 
Great. <laughs> on a talk Sunday. On a talk Sunday. Maybe that should be the catchphrase for our show. Yeah. 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 We could have a new catchphrase all the time. <laughs> all the time. All right, everyone. This has been uh, the second full episode of 90s Slam. I hope it was the cherry on your talk Sunday That's because right. it certainly was for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris. Nuts and sauce. Nuts yeah. and sauce and a cherry and whipped cream and all of that um, ice cream uh, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Stuck the landing, just like Carrie Strug in 96. And with that, enjoy the Quad City DJs. Come uh, check us out again next Thursday as we're going to have a new episode. Check our website to see what that episode is going to be about. We will decide during the week. Although, Chris, if you want to throw any ideas or anything out, anything in particular that you want to cover for the next episode? Oh, maybe it's a Rip City. Uh, go back to 1992. All right. I am pretty into that. Yeah. I like that. I like that as an idea. All right. Well, you know what? Check our website, 90slam.wordpress.com on Tuesday, and we will have an official post. Otherwise, if you're following us on Instagram or Twitter, we might have something up before Tuesday so you can get a little head start. But our website is going to have the link to whatever video you need to watch or information on whatever video that may be. So until then, here are the Quad City DJs. They're going to get us all turned up here. What do you think, Chris? Come on and slam if you want to jam. I want to jam. So you want to jam. I yeah, know it. Let's jam. All right. This has been 90s Slam with Scott and Chris. See you next time. Come on and slam. Everybody.